In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review, for the week ending March the 24th, the Senate Ag Committee held their confirmation hearing this past Thursday for President Trump's nominee for Ag Secretary, Sonny Perdue. And during that hearing, Perdue gave his list of four broad goals he would have if confirmed. First, I will maximize the opportunity uh, and ability of the men and women of America's agriculture and agribusiness sector to create jobs, to produce and sell the food and the fiber that feed and clothe the world and to reap the earned reward of their labor. We want to remove every obstacle and give them every opportunity to prosper. Secondly, for the American taxpayers, our customers, I will prioritize customer service every day. They expect and have every right to demand that we conduct the people's business efficiently, effectively, and with the utmost integrity. Third is our taxpayers are also our consumers. They expect a safe and secure food supply, and USDA will continue to serve in that critical role of ensuring the food that we put on the table to feed our families meets the strict safety standards to which we've established and are accustomed. I will never forget that we are the fortunate beneficiaries of past generations who put a premium on smart stewardship, protecting, preserving, and entrusting us with those valuable resources. That's the basis of our fourth goal. American agricultural bounty comes directly from the land, and today those land resources sustain more than 320 million Americans and countless millions more around the globe. And now it's just a wait and see as to when that confirmation may come through. Well, due to the recent cases of avian influenza in Alabama and Tennessee, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, along with state officials, continue to remind poultry producers about the importance of biosecurity. Now, there are some concerns that more cases could pop up, but in a phone interview with USDA Chief Veterinarian Dr. Jack Shear, he told me for the most part these have been point source introductions. I think the testing that's gone on in South Tennessee and in Alabama has shown us that these are point source introductions for the most part. There may have been circulating virus in some of these farms that they, they've got this virus introduced somehow, but the testing around the flocks has yielded very little additional outbreak information. So we may continue to see these point source introductions, these individual cases, but at this point with the low path, we're not anticipating a large high path outbreak but we do want to keep our eye on the low-path farms and continue to test them. Many of the companies have decided to take the low-path strains out and, and to de- depopulate those flocks. But we know that low-path doesn't always revert to high-path or mutate. Well, that's good to know. Well, Dr. Shear, I know that state officials, and that's part of what we're talking about, too, they're really, really, really promoting biosecurity, and that's the number one thing right now, isn't it? That's true, and, and what we want to make sure is that people understand that during especially during the migration period when the wild waterfowl are moving and we know that the virus is carried by wild waterfowl they do their best to increase their biosecurity and to button their barns up as best they can and to be vigilant in watching their birds for any change in activity any decrease in water consumption feed consumption any depression and any unusual death loss so that those birds are tested quickly and that we get ahead of the virus Dr. Shear, I know you've got to go. I guess any last comments for producers out there? I would just say this. It's always good to have biosecurity. We want to make sure that everything that comes into the farm is taken care of and and looked at as an introduction that could possibly introduce virus, that they do simple things to keep the virus off the farm, such as keeping wild birds or wild animals out of their barns, screens in place, washing their hands for the workers, install boot washing stations, 
avoid contact with sick or dead birds. And when they come back from a visit to town, just change clothes. Changing clothes at the barn is, we know this, that this virus moves on clothing, personnel, and equipment. So anything you can do to stop the virus from being introduced into the barn is a good thing. So that biosecurity, and those are simple things we can do to prevent the spread. Also this week, USDA's Animal Plant and Health Inspection Service announced the successful eradication of the New World screw worm from Florida. Dr. Shears said close to 154 million sterile flies have been released. Over 16,900 animals have been inspected at checkpoints and almost 430 hours of active surveillance in the Keys. 250 hours of active surveillance on the mainland have all been completed. He said all of these efforts have allowed us to eliminate the New World screw worm from the U.S. once again. Well, despite earlier thoughts we would see lower numbers for U.S. peanut exports, Tyron Spearman reports the latest numbers are actually higher. Each month, the Foreign Agricultural Service reports on the sale of peanuts around the world, and they have a new report out for the six-month period running from August through January. So peanut farmers are in good shape now. The export market is running up 12.1%. When USDA had predicted earlier, it would be slightly down this year. But overall, from August through January, uh, the raw shell peanuts are up 17.8% in shipments overseas or out of the country. Canada is the number one buyer of raw shell peanuts, followed by Mexico, the Netherlands, the United Kingdom, and Japan, and they are buying at a good rate right now. The uh, in-shell peanuts, we've had a shortage of in-shells, but they are moving uh, up 6.4%. The uh, number one buyer is China. China buying a, a major buy of in-shell peanuts, even some that are farmer stock. Also, number two is Germany, followed by Vietnam, and those will probably end up in China. Netherlands, number four, and Canada, number five. Peanut butter is down slightly, only 11%. The top buyer of peanut butter, of course, is Canada, followed by Germany, Mexico, Nigeria, and number five is the Philippines. But overall, the U.S. peanut exports are up 12.1%. January posted 11.1% over last year, and the future looks good for peanut farmers. Supplies are tight right now, and hopefully customers can get enough peanuts till we get to the new crop that will be coming up in October. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Greiner talks about positive thinking keeping farmers going. A farmer has to be an optimist or he wouldn't still be a farmer. That's an old Will Rogers saying, and it's just as true today as it was back when he said it. A lot of things you learn about farming you don't learn in school. Most of them, a pessimist wouldn't start in the first place. Agritourism is a good example. Somebody saw a way to make a profit from farming. And look at agritourism today. It's a national success. Look at the other advances in agriculture the last half century, the last decade. Somebody with a positive outlook started every one of them. If a man thought he would lose money on a potato crop, he'd plant soybeans. See where the story goes? Will Rogers was right. It's optimism that keeps the farmer going. If he loses that optimism, he'll go somewhere else. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Greiner, Southeast Agnet. Those reports and more for this past week can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.